Hi, everybody. KT here. And Susie, you think everyone's opened their CD at Alliant? If they're smart, KT, they did. I hope so, because who wants to miss a 12 to 17 month CD and get 5.4% interest? Unbelievable. And if they have $75,000 or more, they can get 5.45%. Fabulous. So I hope all of you go to myalliant.com and do what, KT? Just look for Susie. All right, Susie, KT, are you ready for today's podcast? Yeah, Robert, of course we're ready. Because we are unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm unstoppable. I'm a pleasure with no breaks. I'm invincible. Yeah, I wouldn't ever single girl. Good morning, Susie. Are you ready for a big walk today? Are you ready? I love when Robert says, are you ready? And I go, yeah, because I'm I'm unstoppable. unstoppable. He asked both of us. She's been unstoppable, everybody, for the past three days. She's been clocking in at least 10,000 steps every morning on our walk, usually after we do the podcast or after coffee, a light breakfast. And I'm loving it. I'm loving it, loving it, loving it. I'm back. I have a partner. I have a partner. I'm totally back. All right. Where are all of you? Let me tell you. You are at the Women and Money Podcast, and everybody's smart enough to listen. And today, you have the incredible pleasure, and it really is, to hear KT ask. That's me. That's me. I'm KT. And this is the Ask Suit. KT will ask Susie anything, anything you want. Podcast. <laughs> and if you want KT to ask Susie anything, then send in a short question to podcast at gmail.com. And if she chooses it, it will be on the podcast. Also, you can download the Women in Money app. And usually what happens there, you can do that, by the way, at Apple Apps or Google Play, is that I'll go through your questions on that app under this segment here, because all the podcasts are on the app. And I usually answer you directly, just so you mm, know. Lucky mm-hmm. you. So, I, th- and I want everyone to know lately. Is that a sarcastic lucky you? Yeah, lucky you. Wait, you did not Not answer my question. Lucky you, the person that gets an answer from you. Sounded sarcastic. It was not. Lucky you. So That still sounded sarcastic. Wait, I want to tell everybody that today, February 23rd, I decided to do a little Roth theme. So many of these questions, most of them pertain to Roth IRAs, one of my favorite and Susie's favorite topics. I love that you chose that Mm -hmm. because you know we're getting really close to April 15th when most people will be opening up their IRA. And of course, I want them to open up a Roth IRA if they qualify income-wise. But anyway, Miss Travis, go for it. Okay. First question from Susan. And this is kind of funny. She said, my question is about a Roth IRA. I can hear Susie screaming. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. (laughs) She said, I can no longer open a Roth IRA since I earned too much money. Good for you. So what are my other options? Also, I contribute to both a Roth 401k and a traditional 
401k through work. My financial manager says I should put all my contributions moving forward into the traditional 401k since I'm currently in a very high tax bracket and Susan lives in California, everyone. So it said, Susie, I'm confused. Can you please explain one more time so I don't make yet another mistake I regret? Mm -hmm. Explain one more time about the Roth. So Susan, here's the problem. You say you live in California. So obviously right now you're in a very high federal and state income tax bracket. But you also say that you expect to be in a lower one when you retire. How do you know that for sure? I don't know. I retired there for a while and I was still in equally as high of a tax bracket because of how much money I save and the income from it. And that's what I was living off of. I wish I had been able to put all of my money in a Roth retirement account because here I am now one year away really from when I have to start taking required minimum distributions at 73 and I'm going to have to pay taxes on it and I'm still in a high income tax bracket. So given you're 64, we don't know how long you're going to absolutely work. I still like Roth IRAs. I like Roth 401ks. You don't qualify for a Roth IRA? Who cares? You can put a whole lot of money in a Roth 401k. I just like them. I always will. I don't care about saving taxes today because when you save taxes, you usually just waste that money. Next question is from Marie. Hi, Susie. I encouraged my grandson, who is 18, to open a Roth IRA. My suggestion is to invest in the Vanguard Target Retirement Date Fund. Is this a good choice for him? Any other suggestions would be appreciated. Susie, remember when Travis opened his first account? Yes. He's doing great. Doing great. 25 years old now. Now, but I did not have him invest in a Target Date Retirement Fund. Because at 18, he's not going to be retiring, my dear Marie, for a good probably 50 or 60 years. Who knows by then? Therefore, I rather see him invest dollar cost averaging into like the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund or ETF and just have him put in a small amount of money every single month for the rest of his life. And oh my God, bingo, he'll hit the jackpot. Nice. Go, KT. Next question from Scott. Susie, I have a question about my Roth IRA. I'm 12 years older than my wife. If I pass away and she is the beneficiary, can she immediately access that money? Yes. Next question, KT. Oh. Let's go. Let's do a, uh, let's do let's a, do a rapid let's fire. Let's do a rapid fire. Rapid Roth. Rapid Roth. Rapid, rapid Roth. 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 From Sam. Hi, ladies. How many times can you say that in a row? Rapid Roth, Rapid Roth, Rapid Roth, Rapid Roth. I can say it forever. Rapid Roth, Rapid Roth, Rapid Roth. I'd stop. Just read me the okay. thing. Hi, ladies. <laughs> Would I be creating any problems if I put my converted Roth IRA into my existing Roth IRA? My existing Roth IRA only has money that I contribute into it. Or should I open a separate Roth IRA for my converted Roth nope, IRA. No, nope, no, nope. you won't get into any trouble at all. Put your converted Roth into your contributory Roth. That's absolutely fine. All right. Next all right. one, Donna. 
I opened my first Roth IRA over 20 years ago with Fidelity. Since then, I've transferred it multiple times, all the while adding to it. Does the five-year rule reset each time I move to a new financial planner or a new company? Nope, it does not. Oh, there you go. Next question. So this is from Rhonda. Hi, Susie. When I retire fully at 67, which will be 2027, the year 2027, how much will my Social Security and retirement be taxed? I just cannot imagine working until age 70. (laughs) I'm an RN and nursing is cruel to the body. Also, my life insurance is through work. She said that she's concerned. Will she have enough insurance to cover her after retirement? So you gave me easy ones, and now you give me kind of a hard one, which is, so Rhonda, here's what you need to know. Your retirement account, if it is not in a Roth retirement account, it's absolutely going to be taxed as you withdraw it according to whatever your income tax bracket is at that time. Social Security is taxed. If you make over a specific amount of money, like currently for 2022, and they haven't come out yet with the 2023 figures, but you would take half your Social Security plus your adjusted gross income. And if that adds up to more than $25,000 to $34,000, and you're just filing single, you're going to owe up to 50% tax on whatever your social security is. If you make above 34,000, then 85% of your social security will be taxed. So if you are married filing jointly and you make between 32,000 and 44,000, then up to 50% of your social security will be taxed. Over 44,000, 85% will be taxed. The second question actually is far more interesting, I'm sure, for every buddy. You're unsure which insurance company will cover you after retirement. What you have to know is once you retire, you're going to even before you retire, if you want, you can be covered with what? Medicare. And Medicare obviously will cover you no matter what your pre-existing conditions happen to be, as long as you sign up for Medicare A and Medicare B. Then, you will also sign up for Medigap insurance. Now, in some cases, Medigap insurance can refuse to cover your out-of-pocket costs for those pre-existing health problems, but only up for six months. And so therefore, after that, you can be totally covered. So you have to look into all of this. And there's many Medigap companies that will just cover you from day one with pre-existing conditions. However, I just have to say this, and I know this is supposed to be rapid fire. If you go from Medicare and now you decide to go to Medicare Advantage for whatever reason, Medigap does not have to take you really. And if you switch from Medicare Advantage back now to Medicare, now you are not automatically eligible for Medigap. So you should, under no circumstances, do anything other than Medicare Part A and B. Next is from AJ. This isn't a rapid fire because this one I want you to think about. I don't like this question. He says, hi, KT and Susie. I love, love, love all the videos and updates. I'm living vicariously through you these days. 
So AJ says, I'm expecting to inherit some money from my father's transfer on death account, which is at a full service non-discount brokerage firm. Listen carefully what AJ says, Susie. It's my understanding that I must open an account at my father's full service non-discount brokerage firm in order to receive the money. Mm-hmm. Hmm. If that's the case, can I just transfer those securities to my own account at a discount brokerage? My father has two accounts, a traditional IRA with beneficiaries and an investment account TOD. Transfer on death. Okay. So AJ's a little confused, but I don't I never heard that you have to open it. Well, at what the happens same... if it's at a transfer on death account? Mm. Then it transfers on death. And the brokerage firm, of course, wants to transfer right. it into an account at their place. Once it transfers, then AJ can take it and transfer it to any, any place, place that AJ wants mm-hmm. to. And that also applies to your inherited IRA as well. Next one, KT. Okay, next question I have is from Laura. Hi, Susie and KT. My husband had bought two prudential policies in 1985. He's still paying them both. He is 58. I am 54. This is not going to be a short answer, just so you know. Go on. He's 58. I am 54. And I am the beneficiary. A whole life policy with a death benefit of $100,000. Ready for this, Susie? No, no, no. Comment yet. We pay $976 a year. Wait, Susie. As of now, we have $198,000 as a death benefit and a cash value of Mm $90,000. Right? That sounds good to you, right? No. It's 1985. Uh Do the math. I'm going to do the math. I'm already doing it. And a variable life policy with a $30,000 death benefit. We pay $474 a year, don't have the cash value. My husband currently has, ready for this, $350,000 of term life insurance with his job until he retires. Do we keep both policies or cash one or both? We want to have some life insurance after retirement. And why is that? I I don't know. I was going to say why. What do you think? Thank you both. So you've got to do some math here. Yeah, Susie. I will. First explain. All right. So here's the thing, Laura. Why do you have it in your head that you want to die with life insurance? I want you when you die and when you live. Forget dying. Let's talk about living here for a second. All right. I want you to have money, money to live on. I mean, why do you want to have life insurance when you die? What is that all about? So anyway, let's just do the math here. Your husband was 20 years of age, and I'm only going to deal with the whole life insurance policy because I don't have enough info on the variable life insurance policy that you have, but I can tell you I don't like them. Okay, but I can actually do the numbers because you gave me the numbers that I need to tell you what you need to know. First, your husband, who's 58 now, has owned this for 38 years. He was 20 years of age when he bought it. If he had simply taken 
$976 and invested it every single year for 38 years, even in a savings account. And let's just say he got 5% for it. That's all, right? He'd have $110,000 today, but yet you only have $90,000 of cash value. But over 38 years, your husband probably would have been smarter than just leaving it in a savings account. And he probably maybe would have put it into a, the stock market or something. Let's just say he earned about an 8% annual average rate of return. But I can tell you over all those years, it probably would have been more like 10, 11, or 12% annual average rate of return. But just let's say 8% annual average rate of return. You now would have $232,000. Do you understand why insurance is so profitable for the insurance company? Because even though they increased your death benefit from $100,000 to $198,000. Number one, you have to die to get that death benefit. All right, <laughs> number one. But they made far more than an 8% annual average rate of return over all of those years. So even if they were going to give you $198,000, they made probably three, dollars $400,000. So they doubled their money. Do you understand that? So that's, that's why the first you don't thing. like whole life. But here's the way I want you to look at it. All right. Another thing is if he simply invested $976 over his entire lifespan, and let's say he's just going to live till 85, he'll probably live longer, but just let's say that was true. And over all those 65 years, he invested. $976 at 8% annual average rate of return. Do you know that he would have $2 million? $2 million. I just want you to think about that. And what are you going to get as a death benefit at that time? You're not going to get close to $2 million. So here's what we need to think about. Over the years, the 38 years that he did put in 976, that would come out to $37,000. If your cash value today is $90,000 and you cashed it out, assuming he's healthy, you don't have any pre-existing conditions, everything is good, and you decide to cash it out, you would owe taxes on $53,000. So you have to take that into consideration because the $37,000 that he put in grew to $90,000, okay? Let's assume that he would pay 25% on that. So that would be $13,250 in taxes. So that would leave you $76,750. Okay. Have you all taken out, by the way, your Susie notebooks? Are you writing down all of these numbers? Because go back and listen to this again and write the numbers down and you'll see why I don't like whole life insurance. All right. So you take out $90,000. 
you will owe taxes on $53,000, which is $13,250 in taxes at the 25% tax bracket, which leaves you with $76,750. You add $976 a year to that for the next 30 years. Why is that? Because that's when maybe he'll probably die around 88, 90 if he's healthy. That's his average life expectancy at this point in time. All right. At an 8% annual average rate of return, which you will absolutely somehow be able to get over that period of time, you will have accumulated $891,718. Now, you wanted to have a life insurance policy. Maybe you wanted to have that life insurance policy because you want to leave money to the kids. Let's just say that's true. Let's say you invested that money and now your husband dies and now you inherit it or your kids inherit it because it was just in his name. You get a step up in cost basis on it and therefore you can sell everything and not pay one penny of income tax. So that's $891,718. Do you really think that your life insurance policy is going to pay you anywhere close to that? So you can keep this if you want, but if it were me, and he currently has a $350,000 term policy, and he is totally healthy, and you don't really need the death benefit because you would be okay financially speaking if he were to die right now, then I would be putting this money to work for me big time. Big time by doing what? Cashing it out, paying the income tax on it, then investing it and keep putting the $976 a year into it as well. That's what I would do if I were you. I'm sure if you did the numbers on your variable life insurance policy, they would be the same. But KT, guess what time it is? Quizzy time. Now, this is a long quizzy. Wait, tell everyone what the quizzies are for your you tuning in. You tell everybody. First okay, so at the end of the podcast, Susie finds a question and she makes it the quizzy and sees if I can get it right or wrong. Whatever happens, she mostly wants me to get it right. But she said, all of you listening also play along to see if you can get it right. Yeah. Getting it right is not easy, everyone. And sometimes the quizzes are factual. They're, can you put Roth converted money into a contributory Roth? Yes or no? Very easy. Okay. Sometimes they require a little bit of thought because they're more ethical in nature. And emotional. And emotional in nature. And that's what this one happens to be. I I usually get them right. The emotional ones? Yeah. Hi, KT and Susie and chickens. Oh, okay. That's why I loved it. Because every morning we get up really early and the first thing we do is we go run to feed our little chickens that we have. They're now eating out of my hand. They eat out of her hand and then she wears sandals and if she sits down on a little stool, they, peck they at come my toes. at her toes 
like, come on, feed us, Mom. And they peck on Susie's little toes. It scares her. All right, anyway, hi, KT and Susie and chickens. I have a question that involves ethics and math. I really need your help. My mother is 72. Get out your notebooks. Write these things down. My mother is 72 and retired. She owns her home. She has about $2 million in savings. And the interest from that account combined with Social Security is enough for her to live on comfortably. She's in good health and is a very lovely person. I'm 38 and married. In the next few years, I would really like to move so that my kids can attend a better school district. The problem is that the mortgage we have now is at 3.375%. And at the current mortgage rates, that would mean that buying a new home at the new rate would make our monthly payment almost double. We can't afford it. I asked my mother if she would consider selling us a mortgage. She said yes before I could even finish asking the question. Like I said, totally lovely. But here's my question. What should the rate on that mortgage be? I'm not sure what she's earning at her current bank. Maybe 4%. Does that mean that our mortgage should be at that rate? What if interest rates increase? And it turns out she's earning less from our mortgage than she would have earned in a savings account. Does that mean I should change the interest rate every year? But changing numbers might make it hard for me to budget. Help. Thank you so much. I love you guys. Your friend, Lee. Mm -hmm. So what should we tell her? Everybody think about it. Mommy is only 72. Mommy is essentially my age. Mm -hmm. Mommy is retired. Mm -hmm. She owns her own home outright, has $2 million in savings, and lives off of the interest of that account combined with Social Security. Again, the reason Lee wants to move everybody better school is district. for a better school district. Totally get that. Mm -hmm. right? However, she has a great rate on her mortgage right now. Probably in a year or two, seriously, mortgage rates could very easily be at 7 7.5% because mm. interest rates are still going up, if you ask me. And I don't think real estate is in many areas is still going down. There are many areas, San Francisco, um, you know, all kinds of places that real estate is going down, but maybe not for Lee. So mommy wants to do this. Mommy wants to help her daughter. But Lee is worried. What if interest rates go up and mommy could be making six or seven or eight percent on her? I wonder if she could go like do halfway. You know, why does she have to sell like the whole mortgage? Well, you know, obviously Lee's got to have some money. You know, she's going to sell her house, obviously. Mm -hmm. Who knows what the mortgage amount will be, but it's going to have to be for the entire amount, most likely. Hmm. I don't know what I would do. I think that Lee wants to be responsible and not wants so to here, see So here, let her me mom. make it easy for you. Yeah. The question is, as you know, should she do this? Yes or no? 
Should her mother do this? No, her mother wants to do it. Should Lee do this? Yes or no? What are you all saying, everybody? If you were in Lee's situation, Lee was your daughter? I would say no. And why? I just don't think that she wants to risk money coming between her and her mother's security while her mom, who's only 72, that's really young. Yeah. She's living off the interest of her $2 million savings plus Social Security. And she owns her home outright. Yeah, she owns her home outright. But um, I would say no. Ding, 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 ding. Good. Yeah, I think we both agree on that. She's 72. Well, obviously, I agree since I just dinged you. Yeah. So here's the question, everybody. How did you answer that? Now, Lee, let me answer it for you directly. And here is the reason why. Mom is still very young. Really young. Mom's going to get older. And as mom gets older, it is very possible that mom may need to go into an assisted living facility. She may get sick. Maybe she has to go into a a skilled nursing home. We don't know. And nursing homes or in-home care can become very, very expensive to the tune of possibly $10,000 a month. Then all of a sudden, there's not enough money because mom may need the principal that she lent you to buy this home. And now you're freaking out, she's freaking out, you're feeling bad, and or you, my dear Lee, get sick. You are in a car accident. Something happens to you and you no longer can earn money, so you can't afford to pay mom back the interest anymore through the money that you were making. There are too many unknowns here. If you had simply said that she has about $2 million in savings, she doesn't need the interest on it, it just sits there, she has enough income from other places, and she's totally fine and everything, and maybe you were going to do it for like, you know, two or $300,000, I'd say, okay, but not in this particular situation. So are you better off, like, really starting to save right now so you can put more money down or you stay where you are and your kids go to the school that they go to. Now, I just have to- Wait, Lee, I have an idea, Susie. What? Stay where you are. Let the kids finish school and grandma can afford to maybe help them in a great college, which might be- Yeah, or maybe it's easier for granny to pay for a private school for them or Mm -hmm. something. That's what I would probably do if I were you. But I would not be, because you have too many questions. You care too much. You love her too much. And if anything goes wrong, I'm telling you, because I've seen it go wrong, yeah, the what it ifs. will break your heart. Don't risk the what ifs. Don't, not in this situation. No. But I also just want to say something to you about school systems. I grew up on the south side of Chicago, as many of you know. I would probably venture to say I did not have a great (laughs) education by any means, in my opinion, for many, many reasons. Grammar school was not that great. High school was actually horrific, truthfully, um, for many reasons as well. And look at me today. 
So look at KT too, public school baby. Yeah, just know that. I know as a parent, you always want to go and give your kids the best schooling and the best education. But if you can't afford it, then don't. It's just that simple. All right, that does bring us to the end. And all of you, now I'm just going to say something here. You have got to tune in to Sunday's podcast. Don't miss it. Right, because the certificates of deposit from Alliant Credit Union will be available, but there will be a special URL for you to use. You are going to love the interest rates on the three and six months. They are exactly what you want. And so just stay tuned for a few more days and I will tell you exactly how you get them. And you're going to, you're just going to love it because I can tell you, I love it. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who are looking for certificates of deposits, I helped create them for you at Alliant Credit Union. So stay tuned. All right, KT. Are you ready to take us out? Yes. So here's what we want you all to say every single day. So say it with us. Today, Today, wherever wherever I I go, I I will create a more peaceful, joyful, and and loving world. Remember, when you do that, you really are unstoppable yeah baby i'm unstoppable i'm a buzzer with no brakes i'm invincible yeah i win every single game mine's so powerful i don't need batteries to play i'm so confident yeah i'm unstoppable today unstoppable today Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.